Long History A Journal of the First Voyage of Vasco da Gama Top 10 Events Hello everyone and welcome to Long History. In this episode we take a look at one of the documents we've covered in a previous series that was the 15-part series called The First Voyage of Vasco da Gama. That was a journal covering the first voyage by the famous explorer Vasco da Gama where he found a direct route to India around the southern tip of Africa, opening up a sea route to India for the Europeans. And what we like to do when we've covered a series like this is to go through it again and create a top 10 of the main events that took part in that document. The document itself of course was a first-hand source about those events, so here we like to digest it a bit and in this way this episode can act either as an introduction or a summary of this document. And along the way you can find out the main events of what took place on this historic journey. We've got a few of these top 10 events episodes now. We've covered the most famous explorers Magellan and Columbus. We've covered early explorations of the land today known as the United States by Hernando de Soto and Cabeza de Vaca. We've also done top 10s about the main events that took place in journeys by English explorers such as Walter Raleigh and Sir Francis Drake. So there's lots to explore now on Long History and that will be available on your podcast provider or they're all gathered on longhistory.net, our website. That's longhistory, all one word, .net. Here we go with a journal of the first voyage of Vasco da Gama, top 10 events. With each event we'll tell you the episode where it took place so you can look back and listen to the full context of these events. We had quite a long introduction to this document in episode 1 to cover the background, comparing Vasco da Gama to Magellan and Columbus for example, so it isn't until episode 2 when the events get going. Vasco da Gama apparently left Portugal on July the 8th 1497. He sails right down the African coast passing Cape Verde and eventually makes it to the remote Atlantic island of St Helena. And in this following quote, he notes the naming of the island. On Tuesday, we returned to the land, which we found to be low, with a broad bay opening into it. The Captain Major sent Pero d'Alenquer in a boat to take soundings and to search for good anchoring ground. The bay was found to be very clean and to afford shelter against all winds, except those from the northwest. It extended east and west, and we named it. St Helena. So that's the first main event that took place in episode 2, the naming of St Helena. The second event took place in episode 3 and this was when the crew rounded the Cape of Good Hope. This is when Vasco da Gama and his men rounded the southern tip of Africa. And here's the quotation. We therefore stood out towards the south-southwest and late on Saturday we beheld the Cape. There's a bit of a gap, and then... At last, on Wednesday, at noon, having the wind astern, we succeeded in doubling the Cape, and then ran along the coast. So here the historic journey is well underway, but they've still only reached as far as previous Portuguese explorers have reached. And this leads to the next main event. But this one, the rounding of the Cape of Good Hope, took place in episode 3. And, as we mentioned, the next main event was when the crew entered uncharted waters for the first time. This took place in episode 4, and Vasco da Gama's predecessor was Bartholomew Diaz, 
and it's when Vasco da Gama passes the furthest point reached by Bartholomew Diaz that his journey really becomes historic, and this is noted for example in the following quotation. We were then already beyond the last discovery made by Bartholomew Diaz. On the next day, till Vespers, we sailed along the coast before a stern wind. When the wind springing round to the east, we stood out to sea. So the precise moment when they passed isn't specifically documented, but we can see that it's in their thoughts here, by the fact that this Bartholomew Diaz is mentioned at all. And I believe he had to go back due to bad weather, but it's at this point where the most historic part of Vasco da Gama's journey begins. And that was in episode 4. And from episode 5 on, Vasco da Gama and his crew head up the eastern coast of Africa. And there are many noteworthy places they reach along the way, but perhaps one of the most memorable ones is Mozambique, but in this case it's the island of Mozambique. And the residents of this island are all found to be Mohammedans, as they're described in the text, and they find that there's a great possibility for trade on the island, trading gold, silver, pepper, ginger and silver rings as well as pearls, jewels and rubies, so we can see why that would interest the Portuguese. And there isn't much description of the island itself, but they do seem to have been welcomed, as stated in the following quotation. During our stay here, the king of Mozambique sent word that he wanted to make peace with us, and to be our friend. His ambassador was a white moor and sharif, that is, priest, and at the same time a great drunkard so we can see that they do seem to interact with the people on the island. But they quickly move on, and those events in Mozambique took place in episode 5. Vasco da Gama and his crew continue heading up the African coast, and one of their next memorable stops is in Mombasa, and that's in today's Kenya. There's a description of 15th century Mombasa in the following quotation. Mombasa is a large city seated upon an eminence washed by the sea. Its port is entered daily by numerous vessels. At its entrance stands a pillar, and by the sea a low-lying fortress. Those who had gone on shore told us that in the town they had seen many men in irons, and it seemed to us that these must be Christians, as the Christians in that country are at war with the Moors. The king of Mombasa seems to welcome the Portuguese, but there are some tensions when the Portuguese ships are approached by some locals in boats and are discovered in the midst of some act of sabotage. But overall they seem to like Mombasa, saying, It pleased God in his mercy that on arriving at this city all our sick recovered their health, for the climate of this place is very good. So those events took place in episode 7, when the crew passed through Mombasa. Leaving Mombasa, Vasco da Gama and his crew head across open water heading towards India, and the first sighting of India took place in episode 8. Here's the quotation. On Friday the 18th of May, after having seen no land for 23 days, we sighted lofty mountains, and having all this time sailed before the wind, we could not have made less than 600 leagues. The land, when first sighted, was at a distance of 8 leagues, and our lead reached bottom at 45 fathoms. Some thunderstorms stop the men from approaching land, and when the weather clears they realise they're near to Calicut, on the southwest coast of India. And that's the first sighting of India which took place in episode 8. 
In Calicut itself, there's a strange series of events. Vasco da Gama, the captain major here, gets to meet the king in the following quotation. On the following morning, which was Monday, May the 28th, the captain major set out to speak to the king and took with him 13 men, of whom I was one. We put on our best attire, placed bombards in our boats and took with us trumpets and many flags. On landing, the captain major was received by the Al-Qaeda, with whom were many men armed and unarmed. The reception was friendly, as if the people were pleased to see us, though at first appearances looked threatening, for they carried naked swords in their hands. So that's when they first land, and this is the first meeting with the king itself. The captain, on entering, saluted in the manner of the country, by putting the hands together, then raising them towards heaven, as is done by the Christians when addressing God, and immediately afterwards opening them and shutting the fists quickly. The king beckoned to the captain with his right hand to come nearer, but the captain did not approach him, for it is the custom of the country for no man to approach the king except only the servant who hands him the herbs. And when anyone addresses the king, he holds his hand before the mouth and remains at a distance. When the king beckoned to the captain, he looked at us others and ordered us to be seated on a stone bench near him, where he could see us. So those events, the first landing and then the first meeting with the king, take place in episode 9, and everything seems to be going well up until this point. The meeting, however, develops into episode 10, and the main event here is a strange misunderstanding over presence. When the first meeting with the king finishes, Vasco da Gama stays the night and then arranges for some presents to be sent to the king. But they have to go through a man called the Factor before they can reach the king, and this is what happened. On Tuesday, the captain got ready the following things to be sent to the king, viz. 12 pieces of lambal, 4 scarlet hoods, 6 hats, 4 strings of coral, a case containing 6 washhand basins, a case of sugar, two casks of oil and two of honey. And as it is the custom not to send anything to the king without the knowledge of the moor, his factor, and of the bale, the captain informed them of his intention. They came, and when they saw the present they laughed at it, saying that it was not a thing to offer to a king, that the poorest merchant from Mecca or any other part of India gave more and that if he wanted to make a present it should be in gold, as the king would not accept such things. So this is where the misunderstanding seemed to begin, because Vasco da Gama insists that he isn't a merchant, but that he's an ambassador, and that the presents he's giving are from his own hands, not from the king of Portugal. But that doesn't seem to be good enough for this man, the factor. And it's interesting that the king actually isn't involved directly here, but this is where things turn sour, and those events took place in episode 10. And from episode 10 onwards, things seem to go downhill. Vasco da Gama and his men are kept in a house, and seem to be prisoners in some way, being guarded and not allowed to leave. Eventually they do leave, and this is the quotation about those events. At this we rejoiced greatly, and rendered thanks to God for having extricated us from the hands of people who had no more sense than beasts, for we knew well that once the captain was on board, those who had been landed would have nothing to fear, 
When the captain reached his ship, he ordered that no more merchandise should be sent. So until that point, Vasco da Gama had given the people the benefit of the doubt. And from that point, he decides that no more merchandise is going to be sent on land, and he all but gives up on the idea of trading with this place. Some hostages, it appears, are kept on the mainland, and so in retaliation, Vasco da Gama himself keeps some men as hostage. And in the end, if I remember rightly, not all of these men are exchanged, so some of the people from Calecut end up going back to Portugal with Vasco da Gama. All of this misunderstanding, it seems, was about gold, ultimately. This is perhaps reflected in a quotation from episode 12. In addition to what we learned through the moor, we were told by two Christians that if the captains went ashore, their heads would be cut off. And this was the way the king dealt with those who came to his country without giving him gold. So by this point, it's hard to know what to believe, really. This, of course, is the Portuguese version of events, but it just goes to show how quickly things can turn sour due to a misunderstanding. So the two quotations here took place in episode 10 and then episode 12. Vasco da Gama's return home begins in episode 13 with a decision to leave this place and give up. And the decision to return is made here. On Wednesday the 29th, the Captain Major and the other captains agreed that, inasmuch as we had discovered the country we had come in search of, as also spices and precious stones, and it appeared impossible to establish cordial relations with the people, it would be as well to take our departure. And it was resolved that we should take with us the men whom we detained, as, on our return to Calicut, they might be useful to us in establishing friendly relations. We therefore set sail and left for Portugal, greatly rejoicing at our good fortune in having made so great a discovery. So in that quotation there's a sense of the strange politics of the time where it's possible to keep hold of some men in the hope that they'll become allies in some way. The Portuguese clearly seem to be happy to be returning home, but actually the most perilous part of the journey begins here really, because it's as they cross the Arabian Sea that they begin to suffer from scurvy and lots of the men die. Here's a description of those events. Owing to frequent calms and foul winds, it took us three months less three days to cross the gulf, and all our people again suffered from their gums, which grew over their teeth, so that they could not eat. Their legs also swelled, and other parts of the body, and these swellings spread until the sufferer died, without exhibiting symptoms of any other disease. Thirty of our men died in this manner. So we can see that this journey is far from over and that the perils still continue. And that particular quotation took place in episode 15. So we've had the top 10 events, I just thought I'd round it off by explaining that the last event isn't really an event, which is why we've kind of gone over into number 11, but it's the sudden ending of this document. And it's a reminder that this isn't fiction, things aren't neatly tied up, sometimes these documents just end at an inappropriate moment and the ships separate from each other. Vasco da Gama's brother, who was on the voyage, dies during this period, and it's a bit of an unsatisfactory ending, really, because we don't actually know when Vasco da Gama returned to Lisbon, but he had established that this journey was possible. And that's the kind of world-changing record that took place here. And that sudden ending takes place, of course, in episode 15. That was a brief summary of a journal of the first voyage of Vasco da Gama, 
including a summary of the 10 main events plus one more just to finish it off. I hope that's been of interest to you. And as I stated at the beginning, if any of those events in particular take an interest, don't forget to look back on the episode itself to find the full context. All the episodes should be available on your podcast provider, or they're all gathered together on longhistory.net. Before you move on, don't forget to like this episode and share it in whatever way possible to help us promote long history. Thank you very much for listening. This was a journal of the first voyage of Vasco da Gama, top 10 events. Goodbye.